Because We Make, the podcast about making, creativity, and why we do what we do as makers and creatives. I'm your host, Vincent Ferrari, and joining me as always, my good friend and co-host, Ethan Carter. What's up, Vincent? How you doing, man? Uh, it's Tuesday. I know. I, it's not Monday. It's not Monday. <laughs> All hell broke loose in the Northeast last night. It was nuts. I know. I, I think it was about 5.30, maybe 6 o'clock. Uh, and the story goes is my power went out, and I just immediately texted you both of you guys. Um, which means we have a guest, um, but both you guys and he's a guy. Um, and it was just like bad news guys powering out. And, uh, yeah. So thankfully, I mean, I'm, I'm appreciative cause you know, you guys could have done it without me, but I did not want to miss it. So I'm happy that, uh, we postponed. So, you know, it's almost getting, it's almost getting to the point where it's like, if we could do it on a Tuesday, even though it's a bigger pain, I'd rather do it on a Tuesday. Cause <laughs> I don't want to fly solo so often. It's getting a little weird. <laughs> it's I know it's it's been well between uh, guests' equipment not working and then me mm-hmm. not being able to do it on Tuesday, mm-hmm. me getting uh, sick and then power outages. I know you're gonna. I, well, I just you don't get, get a new. You, uh, you didn't get sick. I didn't get. Sick. You went. You went to Rwanda. That's right. Right. I was doing. You, I was on a, doing charity work yes, in Rwanda. Exactly. <laughs> we, we, we like to keep things real here. Right, right. And you know, you're just such a good guy that you're so humble. You don't even want to tell anyone that you were in the deepest, darkest parts of Rwanda. <laughs> I still love that we you picked Rwanda. Yeah, I swear, it's just it's one of the, it's just popped into my head. Yeah. It's just like, yep, he's in Rwanda. That works for me. <laughs> um. We, I, you know what? I'm just. I was going to do this at the other half, the second half of the show, but I might as well get it out of the way early in case y'all want to punch out early on the episode, and I'll hate you. But anyway, <laughs> don't do um, it. The um, we last week we announced the Unwrap a Project Challenge, and I did say in that episode that it would probably be a little while before I got the epi- the rules page up for the challenge. A while ended up being that day. Which so, is exactly what I would have said if you'd actually asked you know, me. So. Because I'm OCD and the yep. idea that people were listening to it, waiting for the rules to go up, just bothered me. So I immediately got the page up. So the page is up and running. So if you go to becausewemake.com, in the menu bar, you'll see the Unwrap a, Pre- Unwrap a Project Challenge. And all the rules are there, everything you need to know. The only thing we don't have on the rules page yet is the prizes because we haven't worked all those out yet. But you guys know they'll be good. We don't do garbage prizes for these things. If we didn't last time, we're not going to do it again. We already have one person who told us that he will not be telling us via the form or email what he's offering. (laughs) Thank you. (laughs) Um, But he did offer um, a nice prize. So that's pretty cool. So we'll announce all those as we get closer and closer to the date. So, um, yeah, we have a guest tonight. Yeah, we actually have a guest tonight. Somebody that... Somebody that's listened to the podcast for a while, which is kind of cool. Somebody who um, Ethan introduced me to, which is, you know, kind of the way it's been the last few episodes, actually. It's all people. (laughs) This is like Ethan's crew. (laughs) Um, And it's somebody who I am very excited to talk about because he has um, a very interesting story, apparently. And I know there's an article detailing his um, (laughs) his, his story and how he got to where he is and we're going to get a recap of that and talk about his work and talk about some things that apply to everybody. We have the one and only Jordan Getz, a.k.a. Growler Domestics. Hi, Jordan. How are you guys? Good. Freaking great, bro. Thanks it's for so coming good on. to talk to you. And I'm so happy to be here with you guys. Thank you. Uh, it's it. You're one of those guys that's like, we got to get Jordan on. 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 We got to. You know what? Let's just finally ask him. <laughs> I, know. I know. I think we talked about it for a long time. And it was just one of those that was just like. All of a sudden, we're like, we've talked about it. Why Why haven't we asked him? Why haven't it's, we uh, asked him? Yeah. yeah. I was like, it's, go for it. No, no, go, go, go. No, I was like, Ethan, like, when, you, when can I be on your podcast? I want to be on the podcast. 
Well, we've had everyone in your circle. We've had everyone in like your kind of your orbit, like on the show at some point. It's like, how have we not had Jordan on the show yet? So, well, and and we've done a couple. We've done a couple uh, hangouts, and it's always been a blast talking to you, Jordan. So it was just like, ah, it makes so much sense. So, well, welcome and thanks for coming on, man. Here we are. Here we are. Here we are. So I have to ask. Um, I always ask this question first. Um, why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself? Give us like a, a quick bio and what you do and uh, that kind of stuff. All the all the basic, like the elevator pitch for Growler Domestics. Ooh, um, okay, <clears throat> it's not quick, but that's okay. <laughs> uh, we got go we got like ninety minutes. We're good. <laughs> okay. Well, Growler Domestics started out uh, in the spare bedroom of the first house I lived in here in Austin. And mm. I, I wasn't even really sure what I was doing, what I wanted to do. I was actually bartending at the time. <clears throat> and, um, you know, working you know, late hours, you know, you get done at the bar, you start cleaning, and you get home at like 3.34 in the morning. And uh, I had a friend who was doing bar remodels and woodwork and carpentry, like traditional carpentry stuff. And <clears throat> occasionally he would give me like, a drill or a saw or a hammer or whatever it was. And that's kind of where I started. And I had a scion of the toaster oven car at the time. <laughs> oh my God. That's the best explanation for the shape of the, the XB man. Oh, man. <laughs> I, have, I have photos that I'm about to post and probably next week of, of how I had a roof rack made out of wood and just beat that thing to the ground. But <laughs> I would drive around. Um, I was, I wasn't really doing like, what I'm doing now, but I would drive around uh, to the older, you know, neighborhoods that were being torn down and rebuilt. And I, I thought that the wood that was being thrown away was the coolest wood ever. Right. And I loved it. it. Had so much character. It had paint on it. Had all this stuff. It was just you can't buy it now. You can, but you couldn't at the time. And that, and I didn't think that the term reclaimed wood was a word at the time. This was like nine years ago. Wow. Yeah, totally not. Right. Yeah. So I started put, putting my front seat down and putting the back seats down and opening passenger side windows. And I'm talking, I had wood coming out <laughs> everywhere of this car. <laughs> it, I, I was hunched over. I had wood coming over the top of my head. I was like, this is the coolest stuff. I'm going to make some furniture out of it. But I didn't know, I didn't know what I was going to make. I didn't, I didn't even start making furniture. Like 10 years, eight, nine years ago, I was making like a, uh, mason jar holder planter things with reclaimed wood and selling them for pennies <laughs> if you, know, you reclaim it it will build no that doesn't yeah. happen <laughs> <laughs> um and so i would build out of my spare bedroom and if i had to paint or like put polyurethane i you know put like a uh, pool noodles at the bottom of the the doors like it would stink up the whole house <laughs> and wow. uh, i would drape uh plastic wrap around the whole place of you, you know, dexterfy it totally 100 percent, yeah and uh so i started doing that and that started growing and then you know got a couple of tools i had a handsaw i was handsawing four by fours to make like you know crappy day beds out of like fence posts and re reclaimed wood and i think it's actually still on the side of that house uh, every time i drive by i'll kind of look i'm like it's still there <laughs> That's amazing. <laughs> so I would bartend. I get home at three thirty, four in the morning. I would wake up at like ten. I would work out of my spare bedroom, and you know, I was able to create what I, whatever I wanted to. There was no client at the time. I was just really building my create my creative side. 
And um, I remember a couple years later, uh, you know, I, I made like a coffee table. Actually, let's rewind that. Let's delete that. Control, I'll delete. <laughs> so, so, so I remember I made uh, a couple coffee tables and I shared them through just photos and text messages with some friends and they were like, you should post this on Facebook. And in my head, like, why would anybody, why would anybody buy this? Like, this is straight up like trash. Like these people that were tearing down the homes that gave me this wood, like, were like, oh my God, this kid is an idiot. Like, hey, thanks for doing my job for me. Like, it's free. Don't worry about it. Now it's, you can't, like, it's already purchased. So I'd make right. a couple of coffee tables and um, people were like, you should put this, on, put this on Facebook. And I'm like, this is garbage. Like, anyone can do this. Anyone can drive around and get this wood and slap some legs on it and call it a day. But they don't. But they don't. They don't do it. <laughs> they don't know how. They don't want to know how. And uh, they don't have the time. And so I did. And I put it on Facebook, not thinking anything of it. And like literally within like an hour, someone's like, I'll take it. And I think I sold my first coffee table for like 250 bucks. And I was so excited. Like someone wanted a piece of furniture that I made. Like that's so cool. I just made 250 bucks. In reality, I probably paid them to buy it. But <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you know, but like, that was so cool for me. I was like such a dream come true. Like, oh my God, like, okay, maybe, maybe I'm doing something right. So I kept doing that. And like, uh, back then Facebook marketplace wasn't a thing. Mm-hmm. Like Facebook was kind of still getting off the ground. It wasn't the tool that it is today. And Instagram for sure was not the tool that it is today. Like they're, oh, no, like, uh, it was just a different ballgame. It was all about artsy photos and 10 filters and the weirdest yeah it just well and it was it was basically just photos right and and very oh, limited yeah. kind of descriptions yep. and stuff like no that car- no carousels nothing, yep, nothing. No, no stories <laughs> yeah it was so they kind of all morphed and so my the growth in my business kind of grew with those platforms which you know i guess you look back it was beneficial but maybe i'm stuck in a way of looking at it that other people may not, but, uh, so that, you know, one thing led to the next and me bartending, I met my buddy Eric and he lived down the street and he had like a, a shack, not even a shed, like a shack, like a half a car <laughs> shack. Uh, and he's like, dude, if you want to bring your tools over here, I've got some tools. And if you let me use your tools, you can have the shed. And that was just like, wow. Like, I can't believe this is happening. And I walked into the space like I have so much room now. <laughs> I have so much room. I'm not dragging my tools uh, to the front yard anymore and working off of a crooked, wobbly picnic bench. Like I have a shop. This is so cool. I was floored. Uh, <laughs> so from there, the project the projects grew, and I was spewed out to the driveway and into his backyard and his patio. And then if it got cold, I opened up the, the back door and I used the back office as a drying room and just stunk up the whole house. <laughs> <laughs> what are friends for? Totally. Exactly. And so I remember one day uh, I was, uh, I, I was thinking I was bartending. Uh, this is my third bartending job at this point. And I went out to get some Chinese food. And at the end of the night, they brought me the check and some, fortune cookies and I cracked mine open and it read, uh, you will soon change your line of work. Mm. 
And I was like, I saw that in your Instagram feed earlier today. That that fortune. You took a picture of it. I still have it. Wow. That's awesome. And I was really, really putting it out there, I think mentally and emotionally and just spiritually, just that this is this is what I want to do. This is my passion. This well, is- and it's exactly what you needed to hear at the right time or read at the right time, right? A hundred percent. And uh, so I was like, okay, like I like Sometimes I believe in science. Sometimes I'm just like, you know, it is what it is. But like this was for some, for me to like put put it out there in the universe and like open this up and like that was like smack in my face. Like that was pretty cool. And so I remember going back to my bar job and just telling my you know my coworkers like, you know, this is going to be my last year. And this was like in January, February, right? And April rolls around. And I get a call from a GC, and I don't know what that is. <laughs> and I'm like, okay, yeah. But they wanted me to design and build out a coffee shop here, and I was just like, whoa, like, okay, like, how, I don't know how to price this, like, like how, okay, yeah. I mean, I'm down, and this is a dream come true. So then I finally figured out what I was going to charge for it, and was totally under what I should have. But regardless, that was a number that allowed me to quit bartending. So when I put my two weeks notice in and I was like, dude, I'm out. Like no one kind of, no one really believed me. They kind of laughed like, dude, you're not, there's no way you're leaving bartending. You'll be back. Right. Totally. Yeah. Like it's, yeah. such a, it's such a, it's an easy job. It's fun and it's entertaining. I mean, you get paid to party. Right. So, <laughs> but. but you know, yeah. So I, I got this fortune cookie and I, I basically hit the ground running. I did this, this big job and you know that doing that job and it wasn't even my best work that was my first big job like it was like two by fours like it was nothing but they you know they were there for years and they you know due to that work being an actual like commercial like established commercial uh cafe people go in like who did this work and then you get another call and the work just started coming in and then here we are eight and a half nine years later doing it full-time <laughs> and i feel like i feel like that community is a very tight just like the maker community and stuff like that it's a very tight-knit group in terms of people that open you know restaurants and shops and you know the, the small kind of boutique type places i feel like it's a really tight-knit group and so i'm sure the word of mouth is pretty good right yeah i all i you know i don't i don't pay for marketing or advertising it's all word of mouth uh but the bartending world is also very tight-knit family mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. everybody takes care of each other <clears throat> and you make so much money and like if i had to do it again i would not go out every night and order a beer or a whiskey and they're like oh it's on the house don't worry about it and just slam a 20 down and walk out like oh i know that they're going to come back tomorrow and pay me like right it's uh it's the revolving dollar as we call it <laughs> yeah well austin i mean austin's also really i feel like it'd be a it's a place that lends itself to that just the I don't know. I could be wrong. I mean, I've only been there once, right? But um, <laughs> no, but it's got that feel of like kind of they want kind of authentic or unique places, right? Yeah, Austin is is very very good about supporting the local artists or makers, uh, but they're also <clears throat> they also really want uh, like the vibe and the aesthetic feel mm-hmm. to encompass whatever their brand is so yeah it's it's a it's just a good it's a good city if i was still in california i don't think i would be doing what i'm doing uh and i yeah it's just austin's very good about 
getting the get hold like uh yeah authenticity no i uh, yeah very good about uh, austin's just very good about you know having each other's backs right so you you pick up tools you start making stuff um out of basically kind of out of nowhere like where does your style come from like where how do you because you don't just yeah that's a good point you know, yeah sometimes you just sometimes you do you don't have a style when you start you kind of develop a style you develop a vibe you develop how you're going to start doing things how did you how did you develop your look your style all of that um i think that i'm still developing i think you're constantly developing your style uh yeah, I think like I don't know. I don't know how to answer that question because I just feel like that's a, a constant process and a constant growth. Uh, but it's I mean, organic. Yeah, hundred percent. I mean, you. I mean, obviously, like you'll look at stuff online or like you know, a magazine comes in. You're like, oh, I like that. Like, how can I make that better? Uh, what, mm-hmm. what can I do different? Uh, you know, I think one of the funniest memories I have is one of the first coffee tables I built. I walked into my friend's house a couple of years ago and I saw the table, but I didn't recognize that it was mine. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Yeah. And I was like, that's a really cool table. Like that's some old wood. And like, um, and I'm just, that must've been stunning. It was, I was just like, this is really wild. This is so cool. And I'm like, where, where did you get this? And she looked at me like I was the biggest moron. Like <laughs> and she's like laughing. She's like, come on, let's go get a drink. And I was like, no, like who, where'd you get this? And she's like, dude, you made that for me. Like, eight years ago that's crazy oh, man yeah and i like i like got on the ground like laid down like looked underneath to see how i made it and like <laughs> well so okay so you you're still developing your your you know you always feel like style is fluid i get so do you have anyone that you you i i wouldn't say idolize because i hate that word because yeah. i don't think we really idolize anyone but i do you have anyone that you find inspiration in or a someone's particular style where you go I really like that look. I'm going to try, I'm going to adapt that and kind of make that my own. Or does it, is it just like, no, I'm just going to put this together and see what happens and then just go from there. Yeah. I mean, going back to like the question of, of like getting my own style, I, I do have a style. I don't know. You definitely oh, have a style. Yeah, for sure. hundred <laughs> percent. Right. I, what, what it is, I, I don't know that I can tell you, but I do know that I, I have one. And I know that I, you know, even recently I've got pictures from people walking into you know, beer gardens or whatever, whatever establishment it is and sending me pictures of my work, um, whether they know it, like they, they think I made it like, Hey, did you make this? And that I think identifies my style. Um, I think mixing my, I mean, I know that, I know that a lot of people mix their mediums and their woods and their metals and stuff, but I, there's like, there's a, a one set that I did of tables that was, half marble, like half Carrera marble, halfway down, it was cut at like a 30 degree angle. And then the other half of the top was walnut. And then the legs and the frame was brass. But then the halfway down the leg was walnut. So it matched the top. Does that make any sense? Yeah. (laughs) Uh, Mm -hmm. So I do like just sitting down on my computer with SketchUp, which I'm not great at. uh, But I do just kind of like sit there and like, pour a glass of wine and just make something and then take that to the shop. But there's definitely things that are like, I, if I'm out, uh, like, and I see something that catches my eye and I, like, I really like those lines. I really like the way that sits. Like I'll take a picture of that and then try to make it my own. But 
yeah i mean for for having my own style i don't honestly i don't feel like that's up for up to me to make that decision i think that's up for people that are enjoying i don't know yeah no i i know what you're saying i well one of the things i mean and i've talked about this before is i i i really enjoy the uh to your point, the, you know, different mediums coming together and mm-hmm. it can be a super powerful design thing, the aesthetic. Mm-hmm. It can also be really, really bad if, if you, if, if it's not executed well. And I think you have, I think, and you probably don't even know this, right. But you have an amazing sense, just a, well, from what I've seen, you, I, I, I interpret what you do is you just have a really amazing sense as to what works and you probably don't even know why it works, but it just works. And because you can combine granite and wood and brass and those things and make it still feel like a cohesive piece, and it can easily not be a cohesive piece if you if you don't do it right. So I, to me, that's one of your strengths is being able to combine different mediums and make it feel flawless and not uh, not forced. I think the word you're looking for, because yeah. it's the first word I think of, and you know, I get to kiss Jordan's butt a little bit here. But the <laughs> word is harmony. Yeah, right. There's a harmony yeah. to the way things, the proportion. Because, mm-hmm. like, okay, I'll give you a perfect example. Right, I noticed that a lot of the stuff you do has the like square tube legs or flat bar legs, and a lot of people are doing that, right? But they don't get the proportion of leg to wood correct, and it's like. They may they exaggerate the skinniness of the metal and overemphasize the thickness of the wood. And it just it I get that that's a style, fine, whatever, but it doesn't it there's no it, visually it's not harmonious. There's it's almost like you've got this balance thing just yeah. nailed. Like you really do have a balance to your work that is noticeable when you look like as I scroll through your Instagram, I can see there's clearly like a harmonious line through your work. There's the proportions seem correct. You're not, you're not, you're not emphasizing things by exaggerating them, which it's just, it's really a classy way to do stuff. And you can take something like a piece of reclaimed wood and make it super classy yet super modern yet not cliche. I mean, you just kind of nail it. And it's almost aggravating to see how well (laughs) you put these things together because it's like, these are the things that you, you you know, I don't make a lot of furniture. I'm not going to sit here and pretend I make tons and tons of furniture. But it's the kind of things that when I'm thinking about something I'd like to make, it's like I may, I'll sketch it up or I'll draw it. Or I'll even go into Fusion and try to mock it up. And I'll look and I'll go, that looks freaking ridiculous. Like, I don't like that. <laughs> right. I hate that. I'm not making that because it looks like crap. <clears throat> and you seem to have the visual harmony thing just you have a sense of scale and proportion that just it's dead on. And, and there's a through line. I, I, we've talked yeah. about this before too, but like there's a through line uh, throughout your work where it's not the same thing. You're, you're not doing the exact, the exact same style every single piece. It's, it's, I mean, a lot of your pieces are actually very, very different looking, mm-hmm. right? Extremely different looking. You, uh, I mean, I was thinking about the, um, this, uh, the the side table with the leather that you did recently um, that was like it had a wood top and then it was metal and then had like a leather scoop to hold magazines or whatever. That's a very different piece. It, it's 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 I would say more like polished only in the sense of like it, it's polished versus a lot of the reclaimed stuff that you do. 
but I can look at that and I still see the same through line in the, in the design that I see in your kind of reclaimed work. So it's, Mm -hmm. and, and it's, it's a really hard thing to even explain, right? Like, I don't, I don't know why it works necessarily or why there's a through line, but there is a through line through all of your work. And I think that's why people recognize it and say, did you make this? I think that is exactly why there, there's a certain aesthetic that, and and com, uh, composition that works. I think it's. I think what's interesting about your stuff is if I took all of your stuff and put it in one house, <laughs> it would be cohesive without being repetitive, yeah. and that's just that's an accomplishment. That's that's an artistic mind that, I, like I said, I just I want that for myself, and you can't beat it into yourself. You just kind of have to develop it, and it's just kind of cool seeing how you can kind of take a theme but not be repetitive with the theme. Cause uh, there are some people who we've talked about on this podcast many times who do beautiful work, but it's generally, I don't want to say cookie cutter cause that's insulting, but it's, it's, you know, it's like, Oh, okay. Yeah. This is definitely yours. And it looks just like this other thing you made. And it just looks like that other thing you made. And they all look like the same thing you made. And, <laughs> you know. this is, and it, so I know you're not into the, uh, yet at least into a huge content and well you are into the content creation in the sense that i mean you, you do stories you do you're on instagram like crazy and stuff like that and to me that's content creation but you're not into the youtube world and those types of things but i would love to see that from you because of mm-hmm. exactly that vincent because mm-hmm. i think one of the things that is uh, to me is uh that puts you know it's put offish is is exactly that when it's it's beautiful designs, beautiful videos, great, whatever, great storytelling, but it's the same thing, right? Every time. So I, I have had, yeah, I've had a handful and a handful. I mean, a lot of people over the course of a year, like five, five years, four years here that are just like, you need to do YouTube. Mm-hmm. And I didn't know about the YouTube world really again, how it worked and what it really was on the back end until I went to Workbench. I was just going to say, I bet it was Workbench. Kind of, yeah. <laughs> Seems to be an eye opener for everybody. Yeah. That well, goes. Uh, my friend Jonathan Katz-Moses actually brought me out there to it. And I him, was wondering, yeah, I was wondering what got you there because you weren't part of this world at all. Or, no. Right? No, no. Yeah. And I, I mean, I went to college with him. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, wow. I, yeah. And, you know, we would spitball back and forth like oh jordan what do you use say okay well jordan or jonathan what do you use you know back and forth and i was thinking he was making furniture (laughs) and so he's like you've got to come to workbench blah 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 blah." and i was like man like what am i gonna learn there that i don't know and i haven't learned over the last eight years i mean i know how i know how to weld i know how to work i have all the tools like like i guess like i mean i'll go like sure why not like but I just don't see the point in me going to like a furniture design conference. You're, you're the you're the exact uh, reason why everyone that doesn't like WorkbenchCon, like, yeah, like it, there's not a lot of like, here's how to do it, right? And, and that's exactly what you didn't need. And that's so it's actually yeah, it's amazing. That's actually like perfect for why you went, right? <laughs> right. You probably, you probably got the most out of it out of any of us. Right? I mean, I think I did, and I. <laughs> You know, whenever the world opens up again, I'll definitely return. Um, but so I walk in and, you know, I call Jonathan. He's like, I'm in my room. Come on up. And we're just catching up on life and his kid and everything. And 
we're walking downstairs and just talking and this kid runs up and it's just like has his phone out like he's doing a story he's like i'm here with jonathan katz moses da, da, da. and i had no idea why he was so popular <laughs> <laughs> and like and i knew that he had a lot of like subscribers and whatever like on youtube but i didn't know what that meant and so i just kind of like stood back and like took a step away and let this kid have his like day with him and i was like and i was just like what the hell just happened what what like what was that man he's like he's like is this your normal life he's like kind of like i really hope that wasn't me by the way <laughs> <laughs> no, no, no. and i was just like kind of floored i'm like you know and then i'm like okay and like you know that's still sitting in my head like right center and front front and center and uh so then I'm like, so what? What projects are you working on? And I'm like, what do you? You have any commissions? And he's like, what are you talking about? And I'm like, what do you? Mean? What am I talking about? What are you? I just like, what are you making? And he's like, I don't build furniture. Yeah, I just spent 20 minutes showing how kickback works. <laughs> I, was, yeah. I was like, I like was floored. I was stopped, and it was just like jaw dropped. Like, where am I? What did you just bring me to? Like, he's like, this is like a content. I'm like, what's content? <laughs> what a flex oh, what my, a flex wow i was i was just like what what is content creation like i was already doing it i just didn't know it right you know it's like i've gone on youtube and i've seen the big names right like uh mark and the wood whisperer whoever right. you know i've seen but in my head i didn't think of these people i thought it was just this dude that lives in colorado because i'm very good at making things very difficult for myself and doing them the hard way. Like I need to know how to make drawer slides. And like, I, if I didn't think about it too hard, I could probably just put them in and no big deal. But I overanalyze and I overthink. So I'm like, you know what? I'm just going to go on YouTube. I'm sure some Joe Schmo somewhere knows how to do this and will tell me how to do it in like five minutes. So then I see Mark on there, like the wood whisperer. I'm like, this guy must know what he's doing. He's got a million followers. Cool. But I right. didn't, like, I just thought but like, why 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 are these people making all these videos like this is a lot of time and effort why are they doing this like that was my initial thought <laughs> totally. when I found, yeah a hundred percent so yeah so it was a big eye-opener and i wouldn't change it like i'm so happy i went and i got to meet uh i mean i got to meet so many cool people and like when i say cool people i don't mean cool people because they have a good following i mean like genuinely cool people and i ethan i actually stumbled upon your thing because i actually just uh bought the maker knife and i don't remember how i stumbled into finding that but it like popped up as like an ad i'm like this thing looks cool oh the ma the maker knife sh sheath yeah i saw that literally like the day before that's I so funny yeah because I, I i as vincent knows i was like i was like i have to get this video done before i go and see jacko so right mm -hmm. yeah i think like the first of the maker people was jacko that i knew of but i didn't like i thought he was cool because he made a uh kickstarter right right <laughs> you know what i mean and you made a badass exacto knife like cool and so i saw your video or maybe even like just your uh your instagram, instagram yeah the day before i got on the plane and so when i saw you i was like dude <laughs> you're a little knife holder thing it was really cool like okay dude like what like i was like uh i don't know who you are and i don't have time for you yeah so. <laughs> stop, stop fanboying if you understand who I am. I am Ethan, Ethan Carter. Carter. Yeah. <laughs> but so, I mean, just as I, I've said it so many times, so I just want a little validation. Isn't it amazing how opening and welcoming everyone at WorkbenchCon is? Like, no matter who you, who they are. I mean, I'm not a big deal, but there are quote unquote big deals. And aren't they, isn't it just like a super welcoming community? It was, yeah. It was uh, it was great. Um, I met Jason Hibbs from Bourbon Moth. 
Mm-hmm. And I didn't know, again, like that he was doing a YouTube channel, but uh, him and I chatted back and forth uh, on Instagram, and I just kind of liked his stuff. I thought his videos were silly, and they are silly. And my, video, my videos are silly. Like I'm blasting bugs with a with a uh, with a uh, blowtorch. I mean, yeah, <laughs> that's what it, that's what it is. It's it, it's all silly. Yeah. It's all fun. Yeah, um, and he was super cool, and like you know, even till to today, like we you know we chat, and I just consider us friends, and we have talked about me flying out to do a maiden voyage on his boat. <laughs> <laughs> But yeah, everyone was super cool. Down Earth, no one had no one like was too busy. Uh, I thought it was cool. I got to meet uh, I met Jimmy DeResta, and I didn't really know anything about him. And I know that's the silliest thing to hear because I love this. I yeah. walked I walked up to him, and I so here the here's the here's the the kicker. So I when I thought this was a design conference, I brought my portfolio of my work. <laughs> 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 I love that. Though. That's awesome. <laughs> and I was walking. I was walking. I was like, do I? I was like, and I had to. I had to like Google like what's an elevator pitch. Um, so I, I, you know, I knew Jimmy Darista was a speaker, and so I did so a little bit of research. And I did, but I didn't know much. I'm like, okay, this is like this old dude that builds stuff. He, I think it's pretty cool that he made a canoe. And so I'm carrying around like a like it's my, like I felt like it was my first day of school. I'm like carrying my binder around. Like, yeah, what, what a nerd. you got a trapper keeper. He's yes. cool, <laughs> nerd. <laughs> and so i see jimmy and he's just ch- sitting there and like everyone's surrounded by him but i'm just like walking by and he's like yo come over here and i was like okay what's up and he's like i'm like you're jimmy i'm like i'm jordan and chatting and like i was now at that basically so what's your deal like what do you do what like what's your story like where are you from like, <laughs> he's like well sit down. <laughs> sit down this is gonna take a while <laughs> 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 I was like, where did you get your start? Da, da, da. I was like, everyone t- is telling me to do content. Like, I don't even know what that really means. I don't even know like how to break into this. Dude, just start video- making videos. So I'm like, well, I do that. But now I'm like doing a little bit of editing, but I do everything on my phone. But yeah, anyways, got to meet Jimmy. He was super cool. And like, you know. Did, is that how you uh, were introduced to Derek? Because I know, dude. No. No? Okay, we'll get to okay. that. All right. Yeah, sorry. Sorry. Uh, no, no, no. Uh, so. Throughout the, the the course, the days of working at Twine, you know, Jimmy would bump in and be like, hey, what's up? And we'll chat and stuff. And uh, He's like, yeah, dude, I think you're my neighbor. And I'm like, what are you, like, with the conference? And like, what, you live in Austin? Like, what's your deal? <laughs> and he was, he was staying next door to me. And uh, I had seen Derek, but to, Derek's terrifying. If you don't know him, like, I would not want to run into Derek. I would not want to run into Derek. Don't mess with Derek. Yeah. Not right, in right, the dark yeah. alley, like, run the other way. <laughs> but he's actually one of the, like the he's like he's like paul jackman too he's like the biggest teddy bear right yeah so that's a, that's another guy that i need to derek's like you gotta follow this guy but like, i don't even know him like hey dude <laughs> derek keeps bugging me <laughs> so no we didn't get to meet derek and i never met and like this like bromance totally bloomed after workman's Con. no way oh yeah like we talk two to three times a week on the phone i know uh, <laughs> yeah and uh, yeah, he's, he was just a, such a cool dude. And, uh, I'm actually like helping him through some of the content stuff. And I'm like, you know, it's totally okay to like regurgitate stuff. And and I didn't think that it was until after a workbench content. I was like, dude, this mm-hmm. lady has used this photo like 10 times. Like, <laughs> well, yeah. in, in a day and a half and it's done. So I'm like, that's cheating. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. I mean, I, th- I thought of Instagram as my portfolio. Right. You know, like. Why do I need a website if I have a portfolio? But on a business end, if I'm going to a, a client or a, you know, a hotel is like, hey, we want you to do our whole lobby. 
and I hand them my card and I you know and it has a whether they go to it or not, the fact that you have a website is very professional. Mm-hmm. No matter what. It is. It is. It was a, one of the things that I made sure I whipped up as soon as we started the podcast because I knew that like if anyone's going to a conference or whatever and you're sending them email, you're giving them your email, you kinda want it to be, you know. Well- you know, at at the domain or at the company name, you know. And and, and Vincent, you I mean, I mean, I knew I needed one, but Vincent, you were the one that like pushed me to the point where, especially right before WorkbenchCon, you're like, I, I you in, instilled in me that you need a uh, website. And again, it doesn't have to be the fanciest. It needs to look nice. It doesn't. It can't look like crap, right? Mm-hmm. But it doesn't have to have a lot of stuff on it. Nope. It just has to look professional. And it gives you that credibility. So I, it yeah. has to be, it has to be relevant. Right. It has to be right. relevant. That's the thing. And that's what a lot of people obsess over. Like I see a lot of people obsessing. One of the things that bugs me so much is when people, you know, this is one of those, you know, Jason Stapleton, there's his mention for the episode, but he <laughs> always talks about how well, he hates when he sees people starting out in a small business and they're getting their thing going. And the first thing they do is they buy business cards, they buy stationery, they <laughs> get, they pay a web developer to build a website, they pay a photographer to do headshots. And it's like, it's like just 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 stop, back up a second, bro. Yeah, pump the brakes. Yeah, yeah. Get your thing going. Because if your thing can't go without all that, then there's no point in getting all that done. So what you do is you you start you start things right so your first website doesn't need to have everything you've ever made your whole history your whole biography every it just needs to be a place where people can go to get an idea of what you are and who you do uh-huh. <laughs> what you are and who, who you do, do. Huh. nice there goes our there goes our clean tech <laughs> <laughs> but, no but it's it's really funny watching people just spin their wheels it's like i i the, the failure to launch thing yeah. Great, great it's movie. usually it's usually because they think there's too much to do to just get it, started. It, it's the same reason thing about YouTube, right? I mean, we've talked yeah. about that before too. You and I'm guilty of it a hundred percent. Not that I wanted it to be perfect, but it, you worry about it too much. You think about it too much. What's the right project to start? And again, no one's ever like you're going to drop that. So few people are going to see it, and then no one's ever going to see it. You know, like no so. Don't worry watch about it, it again. So right. that that. Uh, 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 Ethan, that is my struggle with starting a YouTube. Yeah, mm-hmm. I, trust I, me, I, it took me a year. It I, took me a I, year. Yeah, and I never even considered really. I mean, like I said before, work, workbench. A lot of people have been like, "Dude, I really want you on YouTube." Mm-hmm. Start a channel. I'm like, "Well, I have a channel. I'm on your Instagram. Like, like, what is the channel? What is it? What is it that? What is it offering besides revenue? That besides the fact that." you know, the stuff that I learned at Workbench, like, well, just go to my Instagram. Right. So everyone's just like, dude, Jordan, you're making these really cool videos. You're editing them. Like, mm-hmm. just put them on YouTube. But in my head, like, it doesn't tell a story. There's no storyline that, that's not in any particular order. And, like, because I'm doing furniture full time, like, I mean, I'm sure you guys know, like, when you when you want to record and you want to do stuff, I, I don't – it takes it makes it yeah. three to four times longer, and I don't yep. want to just set up a tripod and film me at the table saw. Like I want, I have this vision of what I want and how I want to do it, and I want to, I want, uh, I want my camera on a tripod, and I want the legs spread 
over the blade that's still right. on that piece of wood. So when I'm pushing it, it's facing me and I'm pushing that piece of wood away from me. And all of a sudden that blade pops up, but it doesn't touch the camera. I want some cinematic stuff. Right. If you're going to do it, you want, you want it to be. And yeah, I, I mean, I relate to this so hard because the last, the last couple of weekends, you know, normally anyone who follows me on Instagram is probably wondering if I'm dead <laughs> because normally on the weekends, like I'm really big on like when I'm in the, sh- cause weekends, you know, Friday, Saturday, Sunday are my shop days. And those are the days where I'm in there doing stuff and I'm, you know, I'm storing what I'm doing and whatever. And the last few weekends I haven't done any kind of stories in my shop at all. And the reason is, like you said, I have stuff to do. Mm-hmm. You know, this is like, I can't stop in story right now. I have to get things like done. And I'm always amazed. Like I, I know the one person I always hear talk about this is David Picciuto. He talks mm-hmm. about this all the time, how sometimes he likes to just make stuff for the sake of making stuff. And I, I'm starting to relate to that really, really hard because the more I get business, the less I want to make content about the things I'm making. And I just want to make the things like, yeah, you want to get paid. Right. Dude. I mean, you know, there's hundreds of dollars worth of cutting boards sitting in my shop right now. And it would be wonderful if I could slow that process down and take you through in depth, how I make them. I don't have time for that. You know, maybe in the middle of April when business is garbage, Right. You know, I could, I can, I can slow down because I'm making one customer, one customer, one board, and that's the only one I'm making for two weeks. Maybe we can do it, right? But if I'm trying to bang out four, five, six boards in a weekend, I just don't have the time for it. Okay, or, so can, sorry, I, um, I'm so bad at forgetting things. So sorry for interrupting. Um, no, no, no. So when I was talking to Jonathan about this, and he was, and he's, he's been the biggest supporter of backing me on like dude you got to get this going uh and i was explaining to him so i'm doing furniture full-time you know like as of currently i've got you know one two three four projects i'm working on uh and a handful that are about to drop in my lap but like when you're making these this is a something that i still haven't done and i just thought that well if i'm making if I'm making these tables for like the university of Arizona, which I did in August, I'm doing this project, like, and the, you know, it cuts to the next clip and I'm not wearing the same shirt. Are people going to be like, Hmm, Mm-mm. right. They don't. And I don't even know okay. that. So what well, I thought that was a thing. And so, and I haven't, I haven't taken this advice. I'm really bad at taking my own advice. <laughs> uh, we all are. I know. So, so say you have, you said, you know, you're, you're doing the oil rubs, right? And you're you're trying to soak up the your cutting boards. Maybe you you set up this camera and you do like one or two or just one um, at one angle, and then you take that tripod and you move it to another angle, and then you do an overhead shot. And you do it at one angle, and you just constantly create a like a, a cache of uh, a, a B roll, basically. Totally, but just like you can yeah. literally pick and choose which ones you want to do. Yep, mm-hmm. and you plug them in. Yeah. Hmm. Does that make sense? If I'm at the table, absolutely. I can have today. I could have had 95 shots. I just cut 95 pieces of wood on the table, ripped them down. Have you know, like pass passovers over the blade, but I didn't do it because I was like, I need to get this done. Here, here's here's (laughs) here's one thing that I do. So, uh, edit for editing and you know, interesting edits or whatever is I I use the rule of threes. So I I'll take three different angles of the same process. So like, to your point, if you're ripping down 
40 boards or 10 boards, whatever. You're ripping down 10 boards. For the first three, take a different, shoot it from a different angle. So yes, it's going to take you a little bit longer for those first three, but then you've got three different angles that one you can choose from, but it also adds a lot of uh, different, you know, it can add some interesting edits to it, right? So you can, uh, you can cut all those three different angles. You can cut into like, uh, different pieces that tell the story of the whole thing. So you can start with one angle, cut it, switch to the other one, cut it, switch back to that one, cut it, switch to the third one, cut it. And and then for the next seven, you're not worrying about the shot at all. Right. Yeah, yeah. And, and it's and it's so that's what that's one thing I've always one rule I've always made for myself is do the three angles and then and then move the camera aside and get the work done. Um, and it, 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 it does help. I mean, it, it's still slower. It absolutely is slower. Oh um, yeah. hundred, hundred percent. But I guess, I guess this kind of ties together the, the, the thrust of the conversation, which is mm-hmm. what is your goal, right? Mm-hmm, so mm-hmm. if you're a content creator, then your goal is to make content. Mm-hmm. If you're me, your goal is not to make content. It's to make product. It's, it's, it's when you're in between. That's the hard part. That's the hard yeah, part, right? Yeah. So when you're trying to make content and product at the same time, where do you put the focus and trying to find the balance of one of these is going to eat into the other. It just has to happen. So how much can you sacrifice one to get the other right? Yeah. Well, and I'll say one other thing. Sorry. One, one other quick thing just before I forget it is the other thing, Jordan, is like a lot, sometimes when I have a lot of projects or whatever, I have a I have one project that is like a content thing, right? So that is my content project. And then these other three are ones I just have to get done. Mm. And and what I do is, you know, when when the glue is drying on those other three, I'll work on the content one. And only then, right? Only when I when only when I'm at like a, a dead spot with the three that I'm actually making money on, I'll switch to the the content one. And sometimes that works, sometimes it doesn't. But it's another, like, it's another kind of way of thinking about it, of of finding the the downtime to use for the the content. You know, when you're not making the money ones, I don't know. Sure, yeah, I think, I like that. yeah, that makes total sense. I I just feel like, and I'm I and I'm wrong, <clears throat> uh, <laughs> <laughs> but you know, you're you're right, and you're right, like. I just feel like when I post a story, I, if, again, this is just me in my own head. That I feel like if I post a story about it, guys, I'm building a vanity. Like, yeah, you I, want, yeah. I'm so excited to get this thing started. I know it's going to look great. I'm like pumped, but like, I also know that I can't spend the time to make a video on this. Right. Like, yeah. And but then if I'm like, oh yeah, we just started this 30 foot wraparound bench. Like, oh mm, yeah, don't can't do that either. Uh, so I, that's where like my struggle of starting a YouTube channel is, is that, and I think it's just the mental block, uh, that, that, um, everybody kind of does the same thing where it's kind of tutorial and, 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 uh, I just, I don't want to do that. I want to make really cool cinematic B roll woodworking music videos. See, well, and I think, well, kind of like what I'm opinion doing but, but mine aren't that cinematic because i don't have someone shooting with right. me but the stuff that i want is like 
a pan and like a someone's coming up from under the workbench to me welding. Like I, I would need someone in the shop. Like you know, you just got to hire a Justin. Man. I need a Justin, man. I was, I was literally <laughs> just gonna say, it's not, if only you knew a guy that could do that for. You. Yeah. What what I will say, Jordan, is that. I, I do think your designs actually lend themselves very well to the kind of inspirational, um, that kind of video. I, I, you know, I don't think mine do, you know, I, like I'm, I, I am much more tutorial and, but I, but I think your designs lend themselves very much to that style of video. So I think that makes sense, but, but to your point, you still have to do it. Right. So. And I thought that was someone, it would yeah, it would obviously be easier. I mean, even when Justin came and shot his video with me, uh, you know, it was okay. Do that again. Do that again. Mm-hmm. Which, but mm-hmm. still, at the same time, is so much faster to have someone else do it and know right. it, do it. Oh yeah, have make sure that that angle's you know caught up. And I would love to have Justin. I would have to fight April. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> she might kick your ass. I mean, yeah. she's, she's she, pretty badass. She's she's a tough cookie. I don't know. I saw, <laughs> I saw Brandy was uh, actually. I think I think he won that wrestling match. No, she won. <laughs> that was hilarious i was cracking up on those stories vincy do you see those stories where they were doing that pro wrestling yeah they're pretty great <laughs> we're gonna take a quick break we're gonna hit the sponsors and we'll come back we'll talk to jordan some more we'll talk uh we'll talk things of the week and uh we'll get on up out of here so we will be right back if your home is feeling a little bit drab and uninspired maybe it just needs a touch of art Creative Ward Gallery is run by friend of the show, Marion Ward, who does Bob Ross-inspired landscapes in acrylic and oil, and will even do custom commissions to suit your mood or decor. Check her out at Instagram.com slash Creative Ward Gallery. And if you mention you heard about her on Because We Make, she'll ship your piece for free in the United States. What are you waiting for? Dress up your home today. So one of the things that we were talking about in the what we like to call the halftime show, hi, Chris, is the idea of legitimacy and you know um jordan you mentioned it when you talked about leaving bartending and going to um going woodworking and furniture design full time and it it kind of reminded me of a story so recently i got a couple of orders from people i work with at the day job and i always felt like because everyone at my job is very focused on that job Mm-hmm. And they're focused on the company and we all work for this one, you know, these people, and we all do this one job, right? And it's like, if you do anything outside of that, it's like, oh, you must have a really cute little hobby. Like for all for all intents and purposes to them, I'm like collecting coins and collecting right. stamps. You oh, know yeah, what I mean? Sure. Like, this, this isn't a real thing. Your real thing is the job. Yeah. So a couple of people ordered some stuff, you know, because Christmas is coming up. We had Christmas, you had Diwali, you have Hanukkah coming. So people started ordering stuff for me. And this is the first time I've really done any kind of extensive amount of production for people I work with. And they get the stuff and they're like, holy crap. Right. What? You actually (laughs) can do things? This is, yeah, exactly. Right. Like this is, this is what you do. This is what you make. And I feel like I finally, when I tell people that my end game is to be doing this for myself and this will be my only hustle, not just my side hustle. I feel like they finally understand like, Oh, he's not playing games. Right. Like he, he, he really can do this. And I'm, I'm, I'm kind of, I can relate to what you were saying about, you know, the idea of legitimacy and being perceived as legitimate, because I feel like it took them taking a leap of faith and buying some stuff from me 
for me to get that with them. And I just, I, I was like, wow, yeah, I, I totally understand what that's like. Cause I've been doing this now for about three years, but it never felt like it clicked for people um, until, I don't know, a couple of weeks ago, even, you know, and one by one, as people are getting the things they've ordered from me, it's like, oh, oh, you're really good at this. Oh, okay. Like <laughs> we, we, you, you're not just tinkering around in your basement, like an old man with a, just a drill and a handsaw. You know, you're, you're actually doing things. And I, I, yeah, yeah, you kind of struck a chord with me there. (laughs) Yeah. Once they get the product in their hands, like, okay, this is, yeah, there's, there's, that's one of my, it's crazy. Yeah, it is. It's, it is crazy because you, you know what you're capable of and you know, your, your potential and what the quality of product is that you're putting out, Mm -hmm. but they don't, but they also want to support you. So when they do get it and they're like, wow, this is so cool this is better than I imagined. Like that's such a boost to your like what ego or whatever. Like it's such a confidence boost. Like, and right. same, same goes for me eight and a half years later. Like when I deliver something and they're just like, wow, this is way better. Like I knew it was going to be good, but I didn't know it was going to be that good. And this is like, not, this is beyond what I was expecting. It's, and I'm just like, dang, like really? <laughs> well, I, I, well I, I have to imagine too, like the bartenders that you worked with, right? Or that like when you gave your two weeks notice and now they go into a, a bar down the street and it was completely designed and, you know, decked out by you. They must be like, oh, all right. I get it. All right. Yeah. Like, you, yeah. I like, I like when I walk into a bar and someone just yells growler. <laughs> it's weird. I'm going to, I'm going to, I do that every time I go into a bar, even. Uh, you know, yeah, but you're ordering. That's yeah. called ordering. Even. Oh, called okay. Ordering. Right. <laughs> yeah. I think it's, I just think it's like, you know, when you're, when your friends order from you that first time and they're taking that, that leap of faith where it's like, yeah. I'm going to order to support him. Okay. We'll, we'll get his cute little thing right. and everything will be nice. We'll throw in the bone. Exactly. And they're expecting it to be crap, but they want to be your friend. So they're doing the right thing. And then they get it and they're like, wait, what? Yeah. (laughs) I wasn't doing this to get something cool. (laughs) Yeah. I was doing this because you're my friend. Or they they try to be your friend and then you give them the price tag and then they're like, ah. Maybe, yeah, right. Maybe, maybe we're not that good of friends. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. I, I actually I had a friend of mine. I had a friend of mine last night. Um, she saw the uh the Hamza coasters that I posted, mm-hmm. the Purple Heart and Oak ones, and she's like, These are my favorite set that you've made. I want a set of these. How much do you charge? And I gave her the price and she got real quiet. And I'm mm-hmm. like, I'm I'm thinking to myself, I'm like, Oh, here we go. This is one of those. I'm charging too much for coasters, right? <laughs> no. I said, I said Mind you, that's your price. And she goes, I was going to say, because I was getting really annoyed that you were that cheap. And I'm like, oh, thank God. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I've said it before. I, one, I And other people have said the opposite. So maybe I'm not joking enough. But I've, I've always loved, like, I love selling to other makers or other, you know, people that it's understand. It's the sale. Yeah, because it they is. understand it. And, they, and there's no question. And to your point, I, I think more times than, than not, I get the, Okay, but you really should be charging more. You know, like it, it, and sometimes you, you, they're right, sometimes they're not. But I but, mean, Ethan, you yeah. should, I think you should be charging more. Yeah, well, see, I, that's, I, why, we're, that's I, why we're friends. Not. You should have seen what he was charging for those Exactos before uh, he met me. I know. No, are you serious? <laughs> I kid you not. No, like, no. I think it was a twenty-five bucks. Like, 
I mean, I haven't even yeah. used it. I haven't even used it. It's, I, I'm scared to use it because I told you it's so pretty. But, <laughs> but, but like, I didn't buy it to use. It. I don't need an exact. I don't need another. Right, device. right. I, I bought it because I wanted to have something that you made. No, exactly. Well, and I, I, and I wanted yeah. to support you. And like, exactly. yeah, you could even charge me seventy five dollars, and I wouldn't thought twice about it. Right. <laughs> no, but, and, and, and that's kidding. my thing. You could always go back and charge him another fifty. Yeah, yeah, I'll, I'll, yeah truth. I'll, I'll Venmo you after the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> no, but that, but that, as as I've talked about before, yes, I I, I make a very healthy quote margin on the exactos. But part of it is also I I know that that people want to support me and I want to mm-hmm. provide something that is that totally works for me, right? Like it's it doesn't take me a lot of time. It's a signature kind of thing that is mine. And, and it gives people a way to support me. And, and so I'm happy with that. Like, there's no qualms about that. But there's other things that, you know, cutting uh, charcuterie boards and stuff like that, that are or like leather catch-alls and stuff like that. And it's the same thing. It's like the people that know what goes into it. Mm-hmm never question it once you know i've never been questioned on my price for a cutting board never once yeah and it's it's yeah. really interesting to me because i always hear that people are more accustomed to going to to walmart or target and getting like a 20 dollar bamboo board no. <laughs> and they're really not like cutting boards. just you could really i hate to say it i don't want to sound like a jerk but you could charge out the ass for a cutting board and probably still get it yeah. i think i might be charging a little bit too little but it's really well, funny. It, uh, for I, was, I did all the cooking for Thanksgiving this year because of you know it was just the three of us or four of us and uh, and I use uh, a cutting board I got from Cowdog Chris yeah. and you know like I don't use that cutting board every day but I use it like when I when I'm cutting up a lot of stuff if that makes sense. And mm-hmm. it is, it's like, there's something nice about that. I don't know what it is. Like, it, it, like the, the vegetables aren't any cut any different than using a plastic crap one. Right. But it was much is such a more enjoyable experience using Chris's beautiful cutting board. I mean, cut. oh, totally. Is that silly? I mean, you, yeah, might, no, I you might have a couple more splinters. I mean, his work's not that good. <laughs> oh, oh boy oh, i can't I'm wait kidding. to see if he actually listens yeah yeah this is going to be the test did chris listen how how long before this episode drops that we get that i get the joking message on instagram going oh really Jordan? i have pretty i have pretty good faith that he's going to comment because he is a pretty <laughs> avid listener i i love i love chris with all my heart that guy mm-hmm. is, is such a good dude and we we talk we talk very often yeah and, he messaged me when I posted yesterday. He's like, so how excited are you really to be on a real podcast? <laughs> <laughs> I was like, dude, I'm pumped, man. I was like, I love these guys. They're super cool. And like, he's like, yeah, but it's a real podcast. Are you ready? <laughs> it's like, in, I'm in your head. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, what's, great about, what's great about what we're talking about here with the pricing, though, is that this does mm-hmm. kind of dovetail into one of the things that yeah. I really am excited to talk to you about because – you are doing this as a business and a lot of makers and, you know, in our space, even a lot of makers don't, they really, their focus is on content creation. And it's not often that we get someone on the podcast. That's more like where I'm at, where the the focus is actually selling items. And one of the things that you always run into, and you'll hear every maker talks about it, that that's selling anything. They, they'll always talk about this at some point is this idea that, it's hard to come up with a price, right? Because you're always balancing what you think it's worth and what the work that goes into it is versus what the market will bear for something. I mean, we can't, and I know that it's nice to charge what something is worth based on the work and the materials, but also there's a there's a certain 
reality to the world. And the reality is that you can't always charge, you know, the proper rate for something just because it's the proper rate. There is there are market forces at work. Even otherwise, I mean, if your goal is to sell things, sometimes you I don't want to say you have to slit your own throat, because if you're doing that, you're probably not going to be selling things for very long. But you do have to sometimes every once in a while, you might have to take a haircut on something. And I'm I'm just curious. hundred percent. Yeah. So how do you get to, how do you price your stuff? Like, I remember you saying, you know, at the beginning, when you were talking about that coffee shop, you weren't even sure how to, how to approach pricing, something like that. Have you gotten better at that? Or do you just kind of have a standard formula? Like for these things, if it's a certain amount of work within this percentage of work, I just charge this much for it. Or do you charge per the job? Like, how do you get to that point for your stuff? So yeah, the coffee shop was one thing. I mean, that was that the the community table alone now i would probably charge double for the entire project <laughs> but let's <laughs> yeah. just, let's, just, let's just say that that project was $12,000 and i did 16 pieces of furniture mm. right mm. um yeah right i mean yeah. but but yeah. right so coming from bartending where you're walking out with 400 bucks a night in your pocket I think I think that the transfer from a, a, a day job or a night job or just a you know quote unquote normal job whatever <laughs> whatever that means uh, is that you're used to getting paid what you get paid and that's it and then maybe once a year you get to ask for a raise or something like that right mm-hmm. right so now you don't now you make your own you make your own rules and uh, and going into going into like maybe you have to take a cut here and there or this and that. And like, yeah, like sometimes you, sometimes you need the work. And like, if someone's like, Oh, like that's kind of like a lot. I'm like, okay. Like what, what, and this is not a traditional thing. People don't like asking this question, but I do it often. Like, what's your budget? Oh, well, uh, uh, yeah, I don't know. <laughs> uh, and I'm like, look, I know this is uncomfortable, but you're going to save me time because if you don't tell me, like, like, and I don't do this often, but if like I could, after eight and a half years, I could, I could read my clients. Right. But I could be like, look, like, if you could tell me what your budget is, like, I can tell you what I can make you. Right. Because yeah, yeah. You, yeah like, I'm not going to spend like quoting something out takes time. Right. It takes it's it's time. Like, I got to call how much is how much is this white oak per linear foot? Now I got now I got to do the math for that table. Oh, but then they, oh, can you do all three? I want that, I want walnut, and I want zebra wood. Oh, that's like, that's like, that's like four hours of like doing some math and doing this and going to the computer and putting in there and sending the email and then like, like, tell me what you want. Like, and like, even like today I had a, I had a, someone who I built a display for a company who that company put my display in their, you know, outdoor, whatever, like Bass Pro Shop, whatever it's called. But she hit me up, and she—I I, I love when people send me. I hope she doesn't listen to this. So, <laughs> hopefully, you know, then they send me a picture of something, and I know my—I know my my uh, uh, my competitors. Like you know, I know I know what West Elm's uh, website looks like, and Restoration Hardware and CBQ. I know what their websites are. Mm-hmm. And when they send it to me, I'm like, okay, we're in the right price range, but it's going to be a little bit more because it's because it's custom and if you're supporting a local person. Mm-hmm. A and you obviously came to me because they don't have what you need, right? Well, exactly, right. That gives you but, a little, right. right? Yeah. So she said, "Otherwise, well, can, just can you do it cheaper if I buy you the wood?" Yeah. <laughs> oh, I don't know. I'm like, that's. My, I'm like, no. 
like, <laughs> no, like, I, and I don't let my clients buy the wood. Like, I love that's my therapeutic. That's my shopping day. Mm-hmm. But I have a today. Send me a picture from the Lowell like mattress website, like whatever. Just call it Casper. And, mm-hmm. and then I guess they're now selling bed frames, and it looked like a walnut butcher block bed frame with like some like mid century style, you know, angled wood. Hey, can you make this? Like, like how hard? This is another question. How hard would it be for you to make this? <laughs> a lot less hard than it would be for you to make it. <laughs> <laughs> That's the best response I've ever heard. That's amazing. That is a good answer yeah. for that question. But she sends me this picture in the king size bed frame with a headboard at six ninety nine, and I was like, look. I was like, I, like, what do you want to spend on this thing? Because I can tell you right now, like, my material cost alone is going to be more than seven hundred dollars. Right. Like, and then I got to build it. So I mean, you're probably looking at like a twenty five hundred dollar bet. Like, you know, and and I, when I first going back to where we when we talked about how Austin and the maker or slash bartender, Austin community is very good about having each other's backs and helping each other and lending a hand. Being in this industry, I can call anybody who I feel like I would learn something. I wouldn't call someone who just started you know, tonight, but uh, I'd be like, "Hey, like, how should I price this? Like, I'm stuck. You know, like, I'm stuck. Mm-hmm. Right? I'm, I'm currently stuck uh, on pricing out. I mean, I, I did it, but uh, pricing out built-in bookshelves. I've never, I've never. I know I can build one. I could probably build one with blindfolded, but I don't know how to price it. And in my head, I'm building a stupid box with shelves on it. Right. But people pay. <laughs> so much money for these things like ten thousand dollars about like a bookshelf right mm-hmm, and, yeah. like, and, but but if it was a bookshelf it would be like half the price but if it's a built-in right it's triple it's insane right. and i don't and i don't know because and i don't know can i do it yes i know i can do it uh but where was i <laughs> well, well I, I well if i could just jump in because i think one of the things that i picked up from what you were saying is one of the things that's important is also to take into account the design time, right? Yeah. And, and not spend so much like that's money. Time is money, especially if that's your business. Right. So, and yeah, yeah go for it. Well, I was just going to say, so, I mean, I think, I think to your point, it's getting no understanding if they're even, you know, have a realistic expectation at the start. So, seems like it would be really important. So here's a good way that I've learned and I've incorporated into my business and doing so is that pre-COVID, I, I mean, pre-COVID, I go to your house, mm-hmm. we sit down, I get a feel for the aesthetic of your entire house and what's going to flow and what's going to work and what your color schemes are. Like, okay, you have dark walls. We're not going to put walnut bookshelves in. Mm-hmm. I'm going to put white oak. Right. And this is why. Totally. Mm-hmm. And, I mean, you know, you don't want to go into a dungeon. Some people might. I'm just going to say, it depends. I mean, again, it's Austin, but yeah, go ahead. <laughs> so, do you? So I'll go in, I'll go in, and and I'll still do this now you know, during COVID is that, you know, if you want me to sit down and render you some uh, SketchUps and we have a Skype meeting, like, okay, cool. Like, I get a feel for what you want. I can do it. Uh, and I'm not sure what it's going to cost yet. But I will tell you that if you want me, if you want to move forward, it's going to be five hundred dollars today, and you can Venmo me that five hundred bucks. If you decide to move on with me, then you'll work will, it in. I will apply. Yeah, yeah, yeah I will apply yeah. that five hundred dollars to the to the rest of the thing, or take it off, and that way I don't waste my time. And you know what? I have never had a single client say no. 
Yeah. See, wow. I think that makes. I mean, I, I, I and once and once that yeah. that once that that five hundred dollars is in, and you throw a thirty five hundred dollars tag on it, like, well, we just saved five hundred dollars, kind of. <laughs> right. Right. Yeah. There's oh, the added benefit of they yeah. feel like they're saving money. Then, right? Yeah. Totally. Yeah. Yeah. So it just it just it really depends, and also like you know, if you need the job and you need the work, like you're your own boss, so you make your own prices, and like I know that sounds stupid to say or shitty or. Oops. <laughs> Uh, that one's one we've used you're fine right. <laughs> you know but but like you know if you need the, if you need the job and you need to make an adjustment like then you can ask you can ask them like okay like let's let's maybe we don't put the drawers in mm-hmm, maybe right. we make it a cubby. Right. maybe we make it a cubby that'll mm-hmm. bring your that'll bring your price down and that makes it easier on you know for everybody and usually that's never an issue you're not right. you're, not, you're not trying to you're not trying to you know, be sketchy around your client. You want to be always upfront and honest, and, and through that, you you know you build your relationships. And I can honestly say that uh, I'm, I would say I'm friends with every not every, but like a good majority uh, of the of the clientele that I've built stuff for. And like I still talk talk to, and I'll get a random text from, and like, hey, how's it going? Da, 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 checking in, like love your stuff, you know, blah blah blah. I I think that's also I think it's also the like being transparent and being like forthcoming with people creates a lot of like a lot of goodwill. And it also, to your point, it, it prevents that like animosity or whatever. Like, so whenever people ask me the price or whatever, I'm, you know, I'm honest. I'm like, this is what it, this is what it makes sense for me. Like, and this is what I have to do for it to make sense to me. And if it doesn't make sense for you, I get it. Cause you can, you can, you can, you can definitely go, to a you know a store and get a leather Dude. notebook cover Mm-mm. for way less than I'm charging you. Like you absolutely can, but will it be customized? Will it be hand uh, hand stitched? All those things. But if like that's fine. If you don't put value in that, then that's fine. I'm I'm not hurt by that. I don't care about that. Dude. You, yeah. you know, and and if if you go into it that way, then I don't think either party feels bad at the end of the transaction usually right right there i'm sure there are instances but usually you know if you're transparent about it then no one care no one feels bad one of my biggest pet peeves on that same note is that i get that my price point is not for everybody mm-hmm. uh, but the lady messaged me and was like about the bed about the bed for 700 bucks and i'm like no <laughs> right <laughs> not right. gonna not gonna happen like here's the, like she's like what about like maybe like well, what about just like doing some two by fours and staying? I'm like, no, I'm not, I'm not going to put my name on that. Right, right. But, yeah, and that's but, okay. Yeah, yeah, good. But like, yeah, right. I my biggest pet peeve on the note of like that my price point is not for everybody is that someone messages me and they're like, hey, I like this and this and this. I'm like, cool. Like, why don't you send me some like inspiration pictures or like stuff that you like or a drawing? And then we go back and forth and then I send them something like, and you're talking like a couple of emails, you know, like nothing that I could be like, give me $500 or we're going to mm-hmm. do this kind of a thing, but just like time <laughs> spent. And I'm like, cool, it's going to be X amount. And then they just disappear. Yeah. Right. I'm like, what did you like? Can I don't care. Don't be embarrassed. Like right. this is nothing to be embarrassed about. Like, right. But people for whatever, like, Oh my God, like what, what, how do I respond to this email? Oh, Hey, uh, Hey Jordan, thanks for your time. Uh, this is uh, a little bit out of our price range. A lot of people don't do that, but when I do get those emails, I take the extra time to respond to them, and I'm like, "Yo, hey, it's totally fine. 
I get yeah. that. Thank you so much for taking the time to respond to me. Like it really means a lot. That, like a lot of people don't do this. They just ghost after a ten to twelve email string. Like a hundred percent. I, I, it's been. I mean, very few times when I've ever gotten that. But it's it's usually been like. But I'm the same way. I'm like, I'm. You know, it's when they respond and they say, I think this is just not the price range for me. I'm like, okay, then we're we're not, you know, this isn't a, you know, this isn't a compatible uh, dealing, right? Like, that's right. fine. But give me the courtesy of, of responding and just saying that. But totally. I, yeah. I mean, that's, I understand, though, why it's hard for that. Like, it's an awkward thing to say, but whatever. Yeah, I, <laughs> I agree. I agree. I, I agree. Like, like, oh, hey, well, you're at like what rooms to go or like some like couch store and you're like, hey, honey, I really like this couch. And like, then the wife's like, oh, me too. Uh, honey, <laughs> what's the price tag on it? Oh, it's $3,600. Oh, we should totally get that. Okay. Why don't you run to the back and grab that box? Honey, go get the car. We're out of here. <laughs> no. Dash and go. Dash and yeah, go. Yeah. Like, no, like, come on, man. Like, Dine and go. Yeah. So, well, so, on the I'm sorry, real quick. On the note of Ethan, uh, like saying like the price points and stuff, and this is something I've, I'm about to do is, be, and I haven't yet because uh, going back to the beginning, I don't have anything that is the same. Mm-hmm. And and that was right. my that was my biggest thing when I first started. Was my shit, my stuff's custom, and I you know if if you're if you're paying this top dollar amount for my work, like you don't want you don't want Bob next door to have the same coffee table. Right. No, of course so, not. You want a unique piece. Right. And so uh, that's why I don't go on Etsy. And like, because the people are selling 10 foot slab coffee dining room tables for, for, for a thousand dollars. And I'm like, see. I'm like, are you kidding me? Like, absolutely. That's like, that's like hell. Like, I would never, I can't, I just can't go on Etsy. <laughs> like, but it makes but you mad. It makes me so mad. I'm like, where, how can you? you can't even ship that table for oh it's a thousand and then it's nine thousand dollars to ship (laughs) but i I mean for me i want to start i want to start putting some of my signature ish (laughs) whatever it is going to be pieces on my website for sale and put a tag on it just says sold but contact but with a price tag on it like i recently posted a picture on my instagram of a super simple like west texas vibed dining room table with a bench it was like mustard yellow metal with a white oak top and people loved it like how much mm-hmm. it, like loved it loved it like and it's crazy because it's so simple it's like one inch thick square tube one inch thick top it all flows you're not supposed to say that it's simple jordan <laughs> it's not nothing's ever simple <laughs> Not Visu- blowing up the secrets. Visually, visually simple. <laughs> that's what I meant. Visually simple. There's, I mean, there's nothing. There's nothing. There's nothing bent. There's nothing crazy. But it's straightforward dining table with a matching bench, and it was just like I like I need this. Uh, and but that would be something put on the website. And be like I could have like this. That's the, put the dollar amount on it, but put it as sold. But then have these things readily available and you know that you can knock them out where like right. mm-hmm. that, the float the floating desk is something that i probably won't do again mm-hmm. so what would be you know if you had to give advice to people because you know like i said at the beginning one of the big struggles that makers who sell have is how to price their stuff mm-hmm. so what advice would you give to someone who's kind of struggling with having the confidence to say listen this is my this is an edge grain cutting board it's 14 by 10 
and it's an inch and a quarter thick, and I'm charging you $125 for this, and that's the price. It should be, like, should be, instead of going, oh, well, all right, fine, maybe we'll do it for 90 or, you know, whatever. What is your, what's your advice to someone who's trying to find almost like their voice where they can just say, yeah, no, that's the price, and that's it? Um, I, I, there's, sir, I have a little bit of wiggle room, but I'm not knocking my price down yes, to ridiculous yeah, levels. Right. What, I mean, how do you build that confidence? I think that I think that that confidence comes in time and knowing your quality of work and your what your worth is like I I mean I couldn't do that like if someone told me to build a coffee shop for 11 grand I'd be like no (laughs) (laughs) you know but that was my first time would do that (laughs) but coming out of bartending like I mean think about this 11 grand in your pocket straight up is a lot of money yeah and like it, even to this day, if I had to do it, could I do it? Yes, but I'm not. I'm not counting my time. And my my and my like my. It's just like yeah, no. But I, for me, a general of thumb that I was taught as soon as I was getting into this, and like people were take, starting taking me seriously, and I was asking the people that had been in this industry for a while, is that you could do your material cost times X amount. And when I first started out, it was three percent. Or three, like so. If it, if you're would, but the, there's so many variables. So right. say, mm-hmm. say the say the table is three hundred dollars in materials, and I'm just starting out. Now it's a nine hundred dollar table, right? Mm-hmm. That covers your time, because your material, mm-hmm. it gives you some cushion in between, get some lunches and some dinners, and now I'm doing like four to four point five, and and but this is my rule of thumb for when people are like. Hey, can you give me a ballpark? Like, I hate that. I hate that question. Uh, hey, can the you... worst number ever because they always yes. want to be on the low end. They right. want to be at home plate while you're sitting in center field. This goes, <laughs> this goes back. Sorry, I'm like all over the place right now. But this goes back to asking your clients what the budget is. And I've done mm-hmm. this with corporations where they're like, oh, like a $12,000. And I'll come back. I'm like, cool, it's going to be sixteen, And they're like, perfect. So <laughs> no, I'm, I'm not kidding. Like, cause you know, when you ask someone a budget, it's on the low, the lowest of the low. Mm-hmm. You can't tell me it's not. Someone, someone asked me, Jordan, how much you like, uh, what's your budget? I'm like, oh, 10 bucks. Cool. 25. I'm like, cool. Done. <laughs> <laughs> like, uh, so for someone that's starting out and you, and you're getting your groove and you're figuring yourself out and finding out who you are in this world, maker world of whatever we are where we are you could do your material cost three point or times three or times 3.5 and just kind of build up from there and that will help you but it also bites you in the ass and in that regard is when i was been starting out i've done that and i you build this stuff and you pour your heart and you all your love and this energy into this project and you finish it and you're like dude that's like 10 times what i charged like it's mm-hmm. a, like this is such a cool piece. Mm-hmm. Like if if this was on the website, I could have sold it for ten times more. I think something else that people have to consider, and I was thinking about it as you were talking, is if someone comes to you cold, you might have to wiggle on the price a little bit. But if someone comes to you as a referral, well, they already know the quality of your work. One hundred percent, right? You know, right. and that's something I, I I was thinking as you were talking, like you know that makes a lot of sense. And then I thought, well. A lot of because a lot of my work is referral work. It's like somebody saw something that somebody else got and they're like, oh, I want that. 
It's like, oh, I don't have to pitch this to you. I can tell you what it costs and you're probably going to want to pay it because you've already come to me interested in purchasing the thing. So maybe that's part of it too. You know, if you're cold selling somebody, it's a lot different from getting a from maybe getting a referral or, you know, somebody brings over their friends says, Hey, you know, that thing you made for me, my friend here would like one, you know, you can kind of, you have probably, you don't need to be as flexible on price. Totally. And yeah, right. that's interesting. I never thought of it that way until yeah. just now. And it finally like just fell in like a Tetris piece. So. Yeah. I mean, you're, you are a hundred percent right. And like, I recently had a, a couple hit me up and they were like, Hey, we want a custom kitchen Island. And I've done a couple of kitchen islands and I know that they're not cheap. And what they wanted was they wanted drawers and they wanted this pull out thing and something to hide the trash can. And that was all fine and dandy. Like I was all about it. But then I came out, came out, came at them with the price and they're like, well, we were thinking something in the $2,000 range. And I was like, okay. I was like, let me go, let me go to Hobby Lobby real quick and get some popsicles. <laughs> yeah, really. <laughs> and so I mean, that was over, you know, that's under half of what I was charging. I mean, and, they were like, we want a butcher block top, and this, dude, the butcher block top alone, a couple hundred bucks, like five, you five, for five, five to six hundred bucks for the butcher block. Yeah, but yeah. you know, and I told them that, and they're like, well, we found this one at Home Depot for a hundred fifty. Well, they buy <laughs> it. I told them, I was like, please, 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 don't buy the Home Depot one. I was like, even if you don't go with me, don't buy the Home Depot one. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but I was like, you know what? Let me reconfigure. Like, if you're one in the two thousand dollar range, in my head, two thousand dollars is three thousand dollars. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm like, okay, we're gonna switch this from a white oak solid thing. We're gonna take the drawer away. We're gonna take the cutting board hideaway, and we're gonna give you four legs with a trash can cubby, and you're gonna get it for thirty two hundred dollars instead of two thousand. And they were and like, they and they were like, what? yeah, well, we're thinking about that two thousand dollars range. And I'm like, no, no, we <laughs> ain't talking about no two thousand. No, sorry, like, I'm not your person, and that's okay. That's what at two thousand dollars, you get the top. We don't give you the legs. We give you no sides. You get the top. <laughs> I mean, yeah, I had another guy who came to the shop. We designed several different options for his kitchen island, and I knew as soon as he walked into the shop after all the, and this is when I should have, I didn't charge the, I should have. And I, I didn't charge the five hundred dollars. He comes in and he's like, "Oh, well, I saw IKEA," and I saw, and I was like, "Oh, oh no, oh, dude. <laughs> no, that's the curse." Out, yeah. out, like <laughs> you, that, 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 that should be a sign on the yeah. entry of a shop. Do not say IKEA. That's so weird, though, because it's like you're not even talking. Like I like I'm 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 you know I don't know if this is gonna make you hate me that's fine but I kind of like IKEA stuff right I understand the the construction problems with it I, I do like the general style of a lot of IKEA stuff so do and, I. but there's, also there's a, time, there's a place yeah exactly and I, I'm also and I'll tell anyone and you can ask anyone that knows me my favorite store in the world is West Elm so my tastes <laughs> go all the way over the map but it's really interesting that somebody would go to a custom furniture maker and go i saw this thing at ikea like dude you are not even in the right, same world right. right now like you're not you're not thinking clearly right now no, this right. is not the same thing you know that's like going to a 99 cent store and then walking into Saks fifth avenue and like but i saw f- i saw sandals at the 99 cent store for 99 cents why are yours six thousand dollars i don't understand (laughs) yeah and so yeah i mean bringing it back like the quoting and pricing stuff i mean it's something that you'll you'll fall into and you'll figure it out but like i think a general rule of thumb is 
is, is it really just depends on wh- what your skill set's at. Mm-hmm. And when I was right. when I was starting out and I was you know not knowing what I was doing, it was I would just do straight up times three percent, and then uh, once that bit me in the ass one too many times, I was like, okay, like let me th- let me let me think about this real quick. Mm-hmm. Let, and then I'll get back to you. What's your email? And then I would come back with a more legitimate thought process, you know, quote. And so now, yeah, I mean, so now it's a whole thing where, like, I call Bob. And this is the dude I've been working with for six or seven years at my wood store. And I call, I've adopted him as Uncle Bob. He's, like, in his, <laughs> his late 60s. He's got long, stringy, gray hair. And we like, <laughs> but before COVID, I would go in and I'd bring him a six-pack of his favorite IPA on a Friday. And we'd sit down. We'd sit down and shoot the shit for... For like you know, thirty minutes, and we'd go walk around the lumber yard and pick out what I wanted. Uh, and I mean, I've asked him also, like you know, it, it's okay to ask people what and how to price things, and that's just how you learn. Like, right? It's okay, right. and it, you know, it's also. I'm not trying to be Captain Obvious here, but it's also okay to say no. Oh, right. Like, no, exactly. It's yes. absolutely okay There's to nothing say, wrong with that. I am not going to do that for that price. Even if you're not that confident, you know, people, you have to understand that, you know, I, the, there's this balancing that people want to do between getting established and getting some work under their belts and also not cutting their own throat to get the work. Yes. But at the same time, the work isn't worth cutting your own throat, especially at the beginning. But that's something- that's when you need to start. That's when you really need to kind of clamp down and be like working. You don't need to be giving stuff away as you're learning everything. Like that, you need the cushion of having the. You need to be able to charge three hundred dollars for something that would only cost that you want to charge a hundred for. Because if you're at the beginning, there's a pretty good chance you're going to screw something up. Trust right. me, I've been doing this long enough to know. I just this weekend, I did a project for somebody. I I quoted him $140. I'm very happy with the price I charged him. I put the whole thing together and I'm looking at it in my shop and I'm going, I can't sell this. It's not 140 bucks. It's not, no, it's not even, dude, it's not sellable. Right. (laughs) Right. And and now you know how many cutting boards I've made. Yeah. I looked at this one. I go, this is not sellable. I cannot sell this. Now, you know what happens now? All right, great. Everybody goes, oh, that's good. You you have standards. Yeah. It's freaking wonderful. You know what it means? It means I just took $140 worth of purple heart and it's going in the burn pile. That's what it means. And, even with my level of experience doing this, I still screwed it up. It, I did, wasn't yeah. happy with no, the happens. way it looked. Right. You have to give yourself that cushion. Otherwise, that's where that material times X amount. Right. Right. Well, because things that we can make us some awesome keychains out of that. So don't burn. I'm no. <laughs> just kidding. Or just have a fire and hang out together. <laughs> yeah. That, like, charge like a, it's like a, a purple heart rave or something I mean, you know i wonder how well purple heart burns <laughs> only, only one way to find out <laughs> i'll i'll be on the next flight but <laughs> it's, 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 it's on brand for the podcast vincent it so. really is i think i but if, if closing it out like it's something that you're con it, pricing it out is once you're established and you and you figured out your groove you'll 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 figure out that that equation that calculus mm-hmm. equation, Vincent, mm-hmm. uh, <laughs> uh, uh, that that works for you and where you know that you're going to make money. But also, if you mess up, like I just did, I just dropped three drawer faces and two 
drawers on a walnut cabinet, but I was able to, without flinching, have it replaced. Uh, like it's just it's a constant battle, and it, and after I do this this set of you know two or three built-ins or bookcases, like in my head it's a box with shelves. Like like oh like my I know my I know that my markup, I know that my material cost isn't that high. But I also know that the industry standard for something like this isn't cheap. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. This isn't like you can go buy this for at Target for three hundred fifty bucks, sure. And maybe my material cost is like four hundred fifty dollars to make a bookshelf. I get that, but then like you talk to anyone else, you can't you you can't go look at Restoration Hardware for a bookshelf. Like you got like it's a custom thing, and it's so for whatever reason in my head, bookshelves and built-ins are like the weirdest phenomenon <laughs> phenomenon of like overcharging somebody for something like my and it's a fr- this freestanding thing is worth this and this <laughs> but if, you, if it's a bill like, like literally i quoted him i was like, like you're looking at like sixteen thousand dollars for like three of them and he's just like oh and i was like okay that was you know that was a higher price but that's also like a friend price but like it's also industry standard like x amount like those are huge things like Right, or it's done, for ten thousand with a bag of screws. <laughs> yeah, yeah, totally, and some DIY <laughs> it, and some and some shims and some hot glue. Yeah, right. <laughs> but then, you know, but then like he, you know, he talked to his contractors and they were like on the same price point as me. Mm-hmm. You know, and so then right. he said, okay, well, how about just like the, the bookshelf? <laughs> and like, right. well, I mean, it's an old. It's like it's beautiful, huge, huge house, like almost a, man, a mansion in this old neighborhood. But like, he's literally gonna like hot glue it into but, the building. Right? He does. He does like, like nothing's level. The ceilings are sloped, but it's a gorgeous home. It's just old. Mm-hmm. And so that's where that money. That's where that price mm-hmm. comes in. Like I got to shim it. I got to figure it out. Got to mm-hmm. molding in. I got to make this like super slanted, wobbly looking thing look level. Well, if you want me to make it look good, it's going to actually cost this, right? Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. So it's done versus done well, <laughs> right? right. <laughs> it's, a, it's a constant learning curve, and and, yep. and me eight and a half years in full time, I'm still learning. So that's that's the best part, though, is that there's always there's always room to get better. There's always room for improvement. There's always room for increase. So and it's it's, it's yeah, good. Yeah. So if you are starting out, or even not, like even someone who is been doing it for a while like i have my advice <laughs> an hour later uh, <laughs> is don't be afraid to ask your friends or uh, your you know people in the industry questions like yeah right, use, use, right. Resources. use your that's, resources that's always good advice like, yeah uh steve, like stevie from built from stevie yeah uh, mm-hmm. like we've become friends uh yeah. just, just through instagram and we've never met but you know we chat here and there and i was like yo like i actually need to pick your brain about this because and I talked to Chris Zepp about the same thing. And I'm like, I need to talk to you on the phone. Like, I, like, I can't text this. Like, and like, so we set up calls and I'm like, hey, like, how do you price a bookshelf? <laughs> right, right. <laughs> like, like, I'm not going to build this out of hard. I'm not going to like unload a 10,000 pound bookshelf. Like, so like your material, like again, the material cost isn't high, but like, like, how do you do this? Because where, where does that price point come from? Because it's insane and people pay it. Mm-hmm. But, right. pe- but people would never pay that for a dining room table. No, <laughs> they wouldn't. Like, that's, what? Because that's not magical. Because people remember when they were a kid Fuck. and they had a piece of wood right. and four blocks, and they could make right. a table, right? Mm-hmm. But when you make a bookcase, wow, that's 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 making some that's that's an item, like right there. 
like I swear if if and I always go back to cutting boards because it's the thing I just make the most of. But I sometimes I feel like, oh my god, if people could see what goes into making one of these, like it's time. There's a lot of love and a lot of attention and a lot of the input. There's a process and and the sometimes I just feel like if people saw what's actually involved in making a cutting board, they'd be like, that's it. (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) you know, like wait a minute, how much are you charging me? That's all. That's that. It's like six steps. What are you doing? (laughs) Yeah, yeah. But could but could they do it? Well, but the other thing too, Vincent, is like, do do you have a planer? Do you have a you know? So yeah, no, I hear you. Yeah. Oh, but I can't! I can't believe you didn't meet Built by Stevie at uh, WorkbenchCon, man. Dude, I felt, uh, I felt like, like the outcast first day of school. <laughs> like I didn't know anybody, and I didn't want to like, interrupt Jonathan. Like, like he was doing his thing, so I like, like I didn't know anybody. Like I was like walking to the cafeteria. Like, I guess us. Like, can, can I sit with you guys? I was like, was I at the cool table? Please tell me. I was for once in my entire life at the cool table. I thought you were cool. And then after working, I was like, oh, it's just easy. Yeah, it's just easy. No, uh, yeah, no, that was was an interesting. Yeah, sorry. I I digress. I digress. I digress. (laughs) No, it was, yeah, yeah, whatever. One of so what we typically do when we do our uh, things of the week is we always let the guests go first. And, you know, like we like I warned you, we were going to ask you for your calculus equation of the week. I thought you said, I thought you said calcium. <laughs> yeah, sure. It's a bone density test. <laughs> we want to make sure you don't have that osteosporosis. <laughs> what um, what could what would be your thing of the week? Good friend, Jordan. Oh, there have been so many things this week. Um, I would say the thing of the week for me was getting my Miller 211 welder. Ooh. Yes. Huge dream come true for me. Um, I was doing a job for my, my buddy Jay, and he had just put this whole, he had remodeled this whole house and to put a new fence in. And he had those old, like, uh, round tube steel like chain link style gates and so he hired me to make him new gates and so i made those and then we're like well we need we need cool like low profile hinges Mm -hmm. sorry just had a little little burp (laughs) low profile hinges and had to weld those on and then in the process of me well like well like welding the latches on that kept the gate closed my welder for like started like not working. Like the wire was coming out and like touching the the gate, but then just like crinkling. <laughs> and oh, it, no. I, I don't know if you guys weld, but it no. was not yet. So it, usually it sparks and it melts, and then you start welding. Well, this was just like someone shooting like metal silly string. It was the craziest thing. I was like, "What is happening right now?" And so I opened it up, and without looking, like I know my welder, I know what what's what's like what could possibly ha- be happening in there, and I go to tighten the ground <laughs> without a glove on. <laughs> oh no! Ooh. And it's a Ooh. it's a wing nut, and it didn't ele- it didn't uh, it did not electrocute me. It woke you up though. <laughs> uh, it burnt my fingers very badly because yeah, I yeah. I went to tighten it, and the wing nut literally melted in my fingers. <gasps> and I was like, I started screaming. I was like, ah! <laughs> oh my god! Yeah, 
and, and I was like, so why is this your what? thing of the week? <laughs> I'm like, what the hell? What, what the hell just happened? And uh, anyway, so I got the Miller the Millermatic 211 showed up in the mail. Cool. And I was given this. I was actually given this uh, my first welder for the first project at the coffee shop. My first full time job. And uh, so my thing of the week is the Millermatic 211, and because I got this super nice welder, like the top of the line uh, thing, I had never welded with gas before. And it was, uh, I'd always done the flux core, which everyone's just like, did you need to switch to gas? It'll be so much better. And I'm like, well, if I grind the welds down, like I'm going to, no matter what, like, does it matter? And now I'm just like eating my own words. Like, yes, it matters. I have a full gas tank. I have a super nice welder that just can just, blow through anything and just make everything pretty and it just makes it like so much faster it's it is like it just i don't know if you can hear the excitement in my voice but it just (laughs) it makes welding so much more enjoyable and like that first feeling of excitement of when i welded is all coming back now because of this miller 211 that's that's awesome so I have that. I, I'm actually looking at it on the website now, and it's only fourteen hundred dollars, which <laughs> is actually pretty reasonable. My first, I mean, my first welder was like four hundred dollars, and it lasted. Oh yeah, I mean, lasted me seven years. Yeah, and that's that's the right. Weird I mean, if you can get into it for, but yeah, you can get in the door. But this if is you're going to do it, yeah, it's right. <laughs> a much nicer door. Um, I'll have that link in the <clears> um, in the show notes. Um, I think I'm going to go next. Go for it, usually I go, usually I go last, but I'm going to go next because sure. I am addicted and I, I think I'm starting, people are going to start to think I'm like a 14 year old girl and uh, fine, whatever. But I am really addicted to Kawaii things. Mm-hmm. And this is going to be like the third time in a row. I've recommended something in this area. <laughs> I found a YouTube channel. Thank you, YouTube for suggesting another really good channel to me. Um, the guy's name is Alex Lee. And the channel he runs is called Polymomo T, P-O-L-Y-M-O-M-O-T. And he does the greatest little kawaii, um, re- kawaii resin and polymer clay things. Mm-hmm. And he works in a scale that I, – I mean, I look at my hands. I'm like, I don't know if I could work in a scale that small. But his technique is so simple. He's so good at explaining things. And one day – I was flipping through my Instagram stories and I saw his and he showed his book and he actually has a book and I bought the book. It is, if you want to get into making little things with clay and resin, this book is absolutely fantastic. And it's, you can almost read it in his voice and feel like you're watching his YouTube channel. The book is called, Kawaii Resin and Clay Workshop, Crafting Super Cute Charms, Miniatures, Figures, and More. Now, I know that Kawaii stuff is not for everybody. I understand. But the techniques that he uses, eh, you know what? If you're like a generalist and you like to just learn how to do new things, this is very, very approachable stuff. And he's a really he's really good at explaining the why of why you do things the way you do. The first chapter or two is all just background information, materials, tools, things you need to have, <clears throat> what you need to have on hand to actually make the stuff. And then the rest of the book is all projects. It's a really, really good book. It's got really nice photography, everything. The guy's design sensibility, it, it, the Kawaii stuff he makes is unbelievably cute. It's ridiculously cute. 
And if you haven't um, already checked out his YouTube channel, highly recommend it. It's a great YouTube channel if you're into that Kawhi aesthetic. So Alex Lee, Polly Momo T, and the book is called Kawhi Resin and Clay Workshop. So that's my thing of the week. Very cool. And no, I am not a 14-year-old girl, although I I really feel it's the most awkward thing in the world. I'm talking about this stuff, but I just, I can't help it. I just love it. It's what you like, man. You know, it's like, you know, there's, there's a whole... You know, I'm, it's almost like I almost feel like the bronies, which is kind of annoying to me. But I kind of understand why people like this stuff so much because it's just cute and it just makes you happy. You know, and sometimes I feel like we're, we're too we're looking for these dark, deep, mm-hmm. you know, meanings in everything. Right. And sometimes think it's okay to just like things because they're cute and fun. And that's kind of how I feel about this stuff. Like it's like you know, what? I'm tired of the darkness. I like this stuff because it makes me smile. So there you go. Hey, no apologies for me. <laughs> no apologies needed. <laughs> yeah, no, that's awesome, man. I agree. And I agree. I think, you know, whatever makes you happy, makes you happy. So exactly. Know, exactly. Exactly. So now that now that um, we got a welder, we went to oh, both ends see, of the spectrum guys, here. Yeah, you guys, <laughs> my, I feel like I'm bringing up the rear in a really bad way. But uh, my thing of the week is it's a it's a silly one, but I just ordered up. two more pairs. I absolutely love Carhartt pants. It's, I know it sounds silly, but I really, really love them. Um, so I love Carhartt pants. There's it, basically for a couple of reasons. Uh, they have every every version that you could want. So if you want like really, you know, car, uh, cargo pants or if you want like ones with lots of pockets, they have those, whatever. But I uh, personally, I, I personally like the rugged flex Rigby straight fit pants uh, they're very simple. Uh, they have a they have a lot. Of, they have a few pockets. Um, they fit well. And the only thing I wish they had was like a pencil holder or like some kind of like small. I don't. I don't hate the carpenter pants when they had the uh, a hammer holder. You know <laughs> that you never use. That you never use. Like I hate that. But like you know what I what I really love is like. Uh, do you guys know dovetail? And I they're love- made for women. But- I, I I I have five pairs. Yeah, so that's oh, all right, awesome. All right, so I want to talk about that in a second. But what I love about the dove, uh, dovetail pants is that they have their their pockets are much smarter than uh, men's pockets. I would say, mm-hmm. like they have pockets for pencils and I don't know, it's just way better, you know, designed. But for men, the Carhartt pants, I I really love them. They fit well. They are comfortable. They're rugged. I've had I've worn the same pair for probably about eight months whenever COVID started i've probably been wearing the same pair of pants uh much to bettina's chagrin um but i i I don't know i just i like them and they were on top of mine because i just ordered a couple new pairs and so yeah but yeah let's talk about dovetail for a second so you i've heard that like i know uh brett from uh, skull and spade orders uh has a bunch of dovetail pants you do too i have five pairs i i it's funny, just before Workbench Con, maybe like four months, I went on Facebook and I was like, uh, I'm looking for a work a work pant that mm-hmm. is fashionable and doesn't look like a work pant. It's not baggy, it's not falling all, right, over, all right. over the place. Like I wear I mean, I wear skinny jeans. Um, right. And and so people are Well, thinking, and just for the record, that's why I like the this 
particular pair of uh, style of uh, Carhartts. Is that the same thing? Is they're not like baggy? They're like they look like comfortable but form fitting. Sure, sure, sure. Yeah. So people had people had suggested all of these other brands, and someone suggested like this pair of three hundred fifty dollar pants. I'm like, I don't, I don't, I don't want to, I don't want to wear Dickies. I know that that's like Mm -hmm. the the obvious choice because it's like twenty bucks, but I like. I don't mind spending, you know, 80 bucks or a hundred dollars for a pair of pants. If they look good, a, and, and there's a functional and like, right. but and they, they really like, I, I mean, I love my dovetails I mean, enough to buy five pairs and, and enough to turn people on. But I didn't know about dovetails until work bench got. And, uh, Jesse Ueda was like, we were, we had, we had just met like maybe a day and a half before it ended. And we were hanging out, and she was like, and I was like, dude, what are those jeans? Like, they're cool. Like, that was like the definition of cool work pants. Right. You know what I mean? And she was like, oh, they're dovetails. I've got their women's jeans. And I'm like, well, I'm not about wearing women's jeans. I had my emo days. (laughs) 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 We all all had our warp tour days. And so uh, I, you know, went to the website and checked it out. And I actually got on the phone with uh, corporate and was like, yo, da da da. Trying to figure out, you know, what the sizing situation was and, you know, figured it out within like one, one return of me sending them back. And they have been the best thing ever. Like the, even the hammer holder isn't like flopping around like a ball sack right, right. On, the, on the side of your leg. Like, <laughs> like, like it's tight. Like it's tight. Yeah. It's there. Yeah. Like you got, you got somewhere for you. You, no, a, they, you yeah. got, got a pencil holder. You got a knife holder. You got them all. Uh, the, the only thing I wish that they had that uh, was different, and and it won't change because it, it is a women's company, and I am all about supporting women, and it's it's a great thing that that they're doing. Yeah. I yeah. wish that their pockets were a little. I mean, I have ogre hands, but I wish that they had bigger openings for the pockets. Yeah, and deeper back pockets. That's. I mean, that's awesome. Yeah, I mean, I know that Jesse's a huge. Uh, huge fan huge supporter i know a bunch of a bunch of people are uh you know um but yeah so i'm yeah that's good to hear because i i feel like the carhartt pants are like close to what i want but not quite there so i might try that so yeah i'll 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 be talking to you and i'll be talking to them because yeah, I'm, I'm i'm gonna do it hit me up and let me know what like after this like what your size is normally and i can help you get the right size perfect awesome see Vincent, this, this things are happening. <laughs> they're actually, they're just so, I mean, I, I wear them every single day and I get, so. Yeah. and I, if I'm out in public, that was the thing is I wanted, I didn't want to have, like, if you wear baggy traditional Carhartt pants or Dickies pants and they're, they're all messy and greasy and painted, you kind of like just look sloppy. Right. Right. But if you wear like a fitted, nice looking jean, right. No matter if it's messed up or not, if it fits you well and it looks stylish, you're winning. Uh, exactly. And that, so, and that's the same reason I, uh, like, I like the Carhartt pants is it doesn't look like I'm wearing work pants. It looks like I'm wearing like pants. Right. So now you got me thinking I need to get some shop pants. You do. <laughs> <laughs> but that, I'm rethinking my shop attire. <laughs> I mean, Vincent, your every, every, every item of your wardrobe should be shop attire. <laughs> I, I have to make, I have to make a conscious decision to not wear 
pants or clothes or shoes into my shop. Like <laughs> my friend, my friend, my friend Farron flew out here from LA like a month ago, uh, and stayed with me. And he was like, "All right, we're going to our friend's grand opening." And it was it was low key. It was COVID COVID low key, and we had our own corner at this super nice restaurant. But he was like, "Okay, you ready to go?" He's like, "Dude, no, like you can't." We're not. Like they, they look, they look really cool. Like I'm not going to take any cool points from you, but like we're going to a nice restaurant. Like, do you have any like clean pants? <laughs> You're like, like I have, a, I have a night, I have a cleaner pair of these same yeah, pants. He, he took me out for like a late, a late birthday shopping session. About bought me a shirt and some jeans. <laughs> every, everything I own, everything I own, everything I love that I would love to wear out on a normal day. It's just like, oh, there's some wood glue that looks kind of not. Like, not like what we might, someone might question that. <laughs> That's a whole nother podcast of like totally. friend, friends of makers. What are your reactions? Oh, that right, would be, that, would be, that would be a fun one. Definitely, um, Jordan. Thank you so much yeah, for thank joining, you, Jordan. Man. It was really thank a pleasure you. to finally get to talk. To, you're another one of those people that I've talked to so many times online. It's like, oh, I finally get to talk to him. I that's weird. Like voice and like words and. <laughs> hearing words and voices and like wow Laughter. i don't know how to do this yeah it was a pleasure it was an absolute pleasure like you guys are awesome we're gonna have um we'll have all your links in the show notes so people can find you online and uh, yeah that was it was a lot of fun finally getting to talk to you really appreciate you coming on yeah swipe up yep nope <laughs> uh, no not for me not, not for, for any of us actually not for, <laughs> we're, we're not at that level yet <laughs> none of us <laughs> but yeah, yeah. it's true we aspire. We aspire to be able to tell people to swipe up. No, <laughs> I have to. I have to tell everyone. Link in bio. I'm a loser. <laughs> no, I, I actually love putting that on my stories where I'm like, swipe up, and I'll actually put the the. the and, then, <laughs> and then I'm like, I'll lean into the camera, like, just kidding. We can't do that yet. That's actually hilarious. I we love. haven't hit that level yet, guys. <laughs> hey, next um, next life. <laughs> that's gonna do it for this week, everybody. Don't forget the challenge is on. Go to becausewemake.com. Check out the unwrap a unwrap a project challenge. I don't know why I, I, we we came up with this name and I stumble over it every time I say it. The unwrap a project challenge. The rules, everything you need to know to enter is in that page. It's all there, all for you to understand, clear as day. Hopefully you'll participate. Hopefully you won't miss out. And as always, keep those reviews coming. We do love to get them. I know we haven't really done a review read in a while, but that's because we've had some quality guests, and you guys really like quality guests. And I don't want to have a quality guest on the show and have us just sit here and blow our own horn while the guest <laughs> comes on that would just be rude so we will do those one of those eventually in one of the episodes it's just ethan and i that none of y'all listen to trust me we <laughs> will plan one of those probably at the beginning of the year um we do actually have a guest next week i'm not going to tell you who it is because we never tell anyone who it is but we do have we have guests booked all the way through the end of the year so and then Ethan and I are going to take a week or two off and then come back bigger, stronger, badder than ever. But till then, have a great week, everybody. Thank you for listening, and we will see you next time. Bye.